Welcome to Sports and Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max. We have RPI standout here joining me here tonight, Vinny McDonald. Vinny, what's going on, man? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well, man. How's everything with your night? Good? Everything is good. Everything is good. Looking yeah. forward to the upcoming draft here. Going to hear your name called in one of the rounds. Sure, I'm praying on it. I hope so. <laughs> but let's hope it's to the Jets because I hear, you know, all these rumors out here with Joe Douglas wanting to get his DK Metcalf because you model your game after DK Metcalf as well as Julio Jones. Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Hometown kid. Actually, you were born in Maryland, what people don't know. That's a fun fact. Yeah, it is. Born in Maryland, lived in four different states, but I finished up my rally out here in New York City area. Yeah. Elmont, you lived in Queens for a while. How was your time out in Queens? Because I went to St. John's University in Queens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to live in Southside, Jamaica. I was out there for a little bit. Then I ended up transferring over to Elmont um, right, right around ninth grade. Ninth grade, yeah. Coming over there, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was dope. It was good. It was good. Get out to any Met games when you're out there in Queens? Actually, no. Um, I've been to a few Yankees games right there in the X, funny enough. But uh, I try to I try to be involved as much as I can. Yeah. You're a big basketball player too early on in your career before football even came about. Yeah, I played play ball a lot. You know, being in New York City, kind of just you just gotta know how to play ball. You can't just go to a park and not know how to play basketball. You know, so yeah, I was able to pick up the ball, start dribbling. Um, that's kind of where my first love and passion came in sports, and then I just switched over to football after. Um, yeah. When you make it in the pros and you get that phone call, gotta come down to Dykeman. Nah, for sure. I for sure got to come to Dykeman. I got my little brother. He's actually been at Dykeman a couple times. Um, He's 15 years old playing ball now. So he's been there, you know, with the AAU teams running out there, all of them. You know how New York City goes, the little kids playing ball. Like, they, that's all they do, sun up to sundown. So I'm definitely trying to make my way out there, uh, especially this summer. Yeah. Playing basketball when you were younger. Did you grow up a Knicks fan uh, being in New York? Yeah, I definitely was a Knicks I still am a Knicks fan. Um. Unfortunately, um, after, <laughs> after, after it's been some sad years, but you know, we still gonna be here rooting for them. I'm pretty confident with this team we got here, hoping RJ Barrett and Randall could pull it together for us and get some more pieces here and there. I'm really, really excited to see what the future is going. You know, especially we got Tom Thibodeau now. Um, so really hoping uh things start to turn around for us. Obi yeah. Toppin, I mean, it's a crime that Tom yeah. Thibodeau kept him on the bench this late in the season. Yeah, yeah, you probably gotta let him develop. Um, I know coming out of Coming out of college, everybody thought of him just an athlete. Probably wanted to develop him a little bit more, but I always thought he was a good ball player, and I'm glad to see him start playing a little bit more as of lately. Dayton, he was the top player in college the year he came out in the draft. So there's a reason that he should be playing the way he's playing right now and not being kept on the bench. He also won the slam dunk competition this year. It's great to see that we have some young rookies out there, but I'm a Knicks fan too. It's rough, so. But Carmelo, those were our prime years here, especially because yeah. you're coming out of, right out of college. So around the same year, I've only been out of college one year. So that 2013, 2011, 2012 year, the, that time frame right there was was our yeah. prime as a Knicks fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right there. Yeah, right there. 2012. I remember that run. Uh, 2012, 2013. That's when Melo made the three, three to the head. Like every title was, year. Yeah, that was when Melo was doing his thing. And then the league tried to tarnish him and throw him out, which was kind of it did him kind of foul. I hate how they dated him so dirty, but I'm glad that he's back playing ball again because he always had the talent to be there. And the Knicks need to retire his number, number seven. But Phil Jackson was the one that screwed up his whole legacy. And if if they kept the team, Mike Woodson, J.R. Smith, Iman Shumpert, that whole squad that they had with Tyson Chandler, if they kept that team and they kept kept building upon that, I don't think we'd be in the mess that we're in now because Phil Jackson set us back a decade. Yeah, but we'll see what happens. Can't really change yeah. the past. 
No, so, you, you know, you can't, but you, you started getting it going into football here and you had a tough time. I heard coming out, even in high school, they called you slow poke and the flyest guy on the sideline. And, and you, <laughs> you didn't really get too many offers coming out of high school. So once you heard about RPI and you learned that this was one of the top academic schools in, in the country, especially on the engineer Institute side of things, you were sold on it and decided to go to it. Yeah, I just like I like I said uh, in the previous interviews, just the only option I really had, you know, gave me the full ride scholarship. And I thought it was a no brainer. I like I didn't even I didn't know I knew nothing about it. I knew nothing about Troy. I knew nothing about Albany because when I think of New York, well, people think of New York, you don't think of Albany or anywhere else but New York City. So I was like, oh, it can't be too different. So I just said whatever. I came up here. I was like, yo, this is nothing like New York City at all. So you know, definitely took some time to adjust and uh, grow. But I think that's kind of the best thing for me um, to be in an environment up here. Not much going on. There's a lot for me to just focus on myself and develop my game. And I think I pay tribute to that. Not a lot of distractions, not a lot of attractions. So it's just like, you got the cold weather, you got football, and you got school. That's it. So I was like, all right, we just going to make it work. <laughs> and the cold weather is just getting worse and worse out here. It gets bitter every year, and it's getting colder later. It was like 40 degrees yeah. the other day. Yeah, I played in a few of my games I had, especially this year. It was like raining, 20 degrees, 35 degrees. Like it, it, We had some cold games. We had a few cold games, but we made it work. Speaking Definitely. of this season, despite having an injury, I heard that you played in all nine games and you and you scored actually in each of those nine games on crucial plays, whether it was fourth down, no matter what it was, you made sure to make it count. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, definitely made the most of my season. Um, I couldn't I couldn't go out like that, especially 2019. We went six and five. 2020 season got stripped away because of COVID. Yep. Um, and then, of course, right. I had my first game went off, had 120 plus yards. I had a touchdown, so I was about to say, "Oh, this is the season." And then, second play, second play of the second game, we got hurt, and I was like, "I can't, I can't go out like this." So I just fought through it and made it made it work. Um, did what's best for the team, like you said. Sometimes I just had to make a play, whatever whatever the situation was. So I just went out there, and did me uh, to the best of my ability. So, what was amazing is that I heard that the Giants showed up at one of your practices early on in the fall, and you got a chance to speak to one of the scouts. Yeah, it was really dope um, to see that because I remember coming into practice. I was out there, you know, just going through my warm-up, and they said, I did, everybody's like, yo, that's the Giants over there. I'm like, what? I look, I'm like, oh, snap, they're here. I was like, oh, wow. They was like, hey, they're here for you, man. So it was dope to see that, you know, come as a D3 kid, you know, that's not really heard of too much. So to have them come notice me, recognize me, definitely gave me a little bit of confidence. And then going into the playoffs, um, definitely helped me a lot, too, to kick my game up to another gear. I, the Giants have been there a couple times. They were at your pro day. I heard that the, the Niners and the Jets checked you out. How was your meeting with the Jets? Uh, Jets was good. Um, funny enough, uh, his name is Billy. He actually used to be at RPIU Albany, so a lot of the people knew him. So he kind of already heard about me, knew about me. So it was good to meet with him, connect with him, um, talk to him. It was really personable to have the relationship with him. So it was pretty cool. Um, Four Niners was there. They came. They watched me ran routes, took my information down and left. So I didn't really get a chance to speak to them. But just for them to even come and give me a set of eyes to look at was was pretty cool and pretty dope. Well, well, I'll tell you what, it's either going to look this way. The Jets need a receiver. Maybe they'll take you. <laughs> the Giants could use a receiver as well. But now with Debo fighting his way out of the Niners, they could use a receiver as well if Debo's gone. Yeah, whatever whatever, whatever team I go to, it's just whoever decides to give me a chance, allow for me to showcase my talent um, and allow for them to take that, that D3 t title line they'd like to put on players. Because to be honest with you, it don't matter what division you come from. Um, I know a lot of D3 kids that can play D1 ball, and I know, I know a lot of D1 kids that are not supposed to be D1. So mm -hmm. um, no disrespect to them, but it's just, you know, people take that division stuff a little too 
too much to heart. Just let the let the people go out there and put the pads on and play ball. So I'm just hoping to have an opportunity wherever it is, whenever it is, to just go out there and say, hey, look, I could ball. I'm a big dude. I can run. I'm fast. I'm strong. I could block. I could run crisp routes. I could catch the ball contestedly or wide open. Um, it doesn't really matter. I could go out there and I'm a true athlete. So I just want to be able to showcase that for any team um, at this point. Growing up as a fan of the NFL, who did you root for? I usually ask this to the players early on in their career. Not Giants. Giants are a giant fan. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember. I remember when they won the two Super Bowls. Um, I remember. I never forget it. They won the one Super Bowl. David Terry made that catch. Like I went crazy in the house. So I just, I just, that's all I knew growing up was the Giants. So yeah. I was going for you guys because as a Jet fan, couldn't have the Patriots win another ring. Couldn't have it happen. Yeah. I'm glad that you guys picked up that W for yourselves yeah. because. We couldn't. We can't have Tom Brady going out here again and winning more rings. <laughs> oh no, I go lie. You know, it is a lot of Tom Brady slander, but at the end of the day, it's always a lot of respect for him. Definitely one of the greatest players to ever play this game, and it's kind of exciting to see what he does. I'm not sure if he's coming back or not, but you know, only Tom Brady can do that. Be like, yeah, I'm gonna walk away. They're like, no, nah, I'm gonna come back. On a Brett Favre. Literally, it's like, yeah, you're starting quarterback regardless of whatever happens. So it's kind of it's kind of dope to see him, and it'll be kind of cool to play against him or um, get to see him play. Um, mm -hmm really fortunate when you're in the league which cornerback are you looking forward to going up against as a challenge um shoot. i don't know I, I like funny enough like i don't really have one i mean, i know there's a few good dbs like of course you have the Jalen ramsey's and xavier howards um and a few other dudes i can't think of the name of the top of the head that i look at it like oh we kind of dope to go against them but honestly Whoever, whoever gets a lot of in front of me will be a blessing because I was like, yo, look, I get an opportunity to play in the NFL. Whoever it is, I'm going to go out there and give them my best my best shot. So, yeah. Maybe Eli Apple. <laughs> yeah, maybe Eli Apple. It's funny enough, um, I actually uh, worked out with him a couple times. Um, when I was out in, Cali out in L.A. training, my uh, agency got, gave me an opportunity to go out there with them and train with them. And I saw him a couple times. And, you know, we actually worked out a few times together. So it would be kind of dope, you know, to go up against someone like, hey, like, I remember you from when we did our workouts together. So that would be pretty dope if we could go up against each other. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and who are some other players that you've had the chance to have some workouts with? Um, I can't think of the names at the top of my head because there's a bunch of them. Um, and I'm not, I'm not really good with names. Like I'm really good with faces. So if you like show me a bunch of faces, like, yeah, it was him. It was him. It was him. It was him. So I can't think of the names on the top of my head, but there was definitely a few guys there, which was pretty cool to be in that environment as well. So, yeah. I, I remember hearing about your first snap too, because you said that you got folded up, but by a safety. Yeah. Yeah. Come, like I said, coming out of high school, I wasn't, you know, it was the skinny kids, scrawny, try to run a slant, rolling safety came down and read it the whole way. just ran right through me. But I think that kind of was a teaching moment for me to be like, yeah, I need to get right on. Uh, it's like as many moments in life where you kind of get punched in the mouth. And that was kind of one of those moments where it's like, yo, either I'm going to fold or I'm going to stand up, stand up, stand up on my 10 toes. So that's kind of what I did. I stand up on my 10 toes and I got right. And, you know, I ended up just getting better and being in the position where I'm at now. Yeah. yeah. I heard that you even considered giving it up and then you had to talk with your coach and you kind of just gave up on that whole mindset of giving up. Yeah, it was it was a tough time. Um, coming up like through high school and coming like my first two years of college was really tough. Um, I always give credit to my two best friends for carrying me through that process, but it was tough. And my coaches knew that too. I think that's why they kind of they were there for me because they knew that it was a difficult time for me to get through uh, mentally and a whole bunch of other stuff going on. But I was just really glad that I didn't give up. And my coach actually worked with me, allowed for me to grow um, mentally and physically. So I'm forever in debt to my two best friends and to both of my coaches, Coach Marcel and Coach Dimmitt. So they definitely held it down and helped me grow as a person and as a man uh, before becoming a better football player.
had a patellar tendon injury, ACL, MCL sprain. How did you have to overcome those obstacles mentally? Because I heard, heard, heard you even say that basically 99% of the game is all mental and 1% is physical. Yeah, not nah, for sure. Um, Definitely. I remember when it happened, like, I remember when it happened. I remember literally the whole stadium just went quiet, and it was just like I thought. I thought my ACL was gone. I couldn't. I couldn't bend my knee for a second. So I was like, "Yeah, this is over." Like, in my head, I was like, "No way!" Like my season just ended like this, especially on this play. Like, it's no way. So it definitely was a mental battle. Um, one, you know, I'm thinking like this is my breakout year, my opportunity to try to go to the next level, and it just got crushed. Um, thinking like that's the biggest thing with injuries is being able to trust your leg again or trust that injury again. You know, like that's the hardest part to actually recover and to fully allow your mind to trust it. So it definitely was a, a trusting battle, um, but it always hurt. And I just kind of was able to trick, flip, trick my mind saying, yo, you know, it's going to hurt. But at the end of the day, you need to be there for your team. You need to be there for yourself. I'm going to need to be there for your future. So that's kind of like how I thought about it. And I was like, I'm going to do the best I can. Like I said, I went to the Bone and Joint Center almost every other weekend, do whatever I can, cortisone shots, get into drained, like mad different things I could do to make the pain go away and make it, just make it subside just for a little bit. Um, I even got limited practice reps just because coach wanted to make sure that I wasn't overworking myself because my coach, know when I'm at practice, I go hundred percent. I even do extra work. So literally the trainers will literally have to stay next to me while practice and make sure I'm not doing anything because I'm always trying to get working. So just being able to learn how to slow down um, and not be on go mode. Cause that's all I know is work, 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 work hard, work hard, work hard. But I think this past season allowed for me to understand that it's your recovery is, if not more than important than actually going hard. So I learned how to recover, um, let my body heal itself and then suit up on game days, um, do whatever I need to do and just, you know, be smart. If it's hurting, there's even a couple of plays where like it would just start hurting out of nowhere. I was like, you know what, let me just sit out a couple of series. Um, I know the team needs me, but let me just sit out so I could, I could last for the rest of the game, last for the season. It was just kind of like a, a, a constant fighting battle, constantly fighting through it. But it held up, uh, made it all the way to the lead eight. Um, definitely gets a really, really good opponent of Central um, out there in Naperville. Um, was a really, really good game. Um, so I was I, that's like the way I can answer the question. Really, it was just a long mental fighting battle. Um, and then after the season, just really focusing on it 100%, not really being on it too much, allow it to fully heal. So where I'm back to 100% now um, and doing the things at full my, my full, full capability. And that's great to hear that. Speaking of wanting to donate to a cause, you would like to donate with the opportunity someday to the causes of the mental health that athletes go th go through th throughout their time playing in the leagues. Oh, for sure. I think that's like the biggest thing with athletes. Like, you know, for example, like Josh Gordon, like phenomenal athlete, like probably like he probably could have been like one of the top receivers but he battles so much in his head and it makes him do certain things to cope with it and a lot of people look down on him and shun, shun him for it but they don't understand what he goes through um like a lot there's a lot of stuff us athletes go through and if you actually an athlete what's the reason why they do this game it's always some type of hardship or struggle that they over had to overcome and get here and some of them know how to deal with it some of them don't know how to deal with it so i definitely want to you know be able to be of help to that service that help people understand there's positive ways to cope with your pain, with your trauma, with your PTSD, whatever you went through, um, getting the right help. And then it also starts with social media. I think that's the biggest thing too, especially for an African, obsessed for a minority men um, to express how they feel. Um, I remember like people make fun of people crying on TV all the time. And it's kind of crazy. Like I was watching the I Am Athlete series and you know, what's his name? 
I forgot one of the basketball players. I can't think of his name. But he made a good point. It was like Dwight Howard was crying on TV because something crazy happened to him. People were clowning him for it. It's like, yo, he's really going through something. I ain't going to sit here and clown him for it. So it was just like being able to start with social media and then also helping people find resources that's helpful for them to help them grow and overcome the challenges that they face on a day-to-day basis. I remember when the Steeler players were crying when Dwayne Haskins was unfortunately killed. That was crazy. And it's, yeah. it's unfortunate to hear about that situation, just such a freak accident. And the players were being ridiculed for that because they were crying, posting videos. Yeah. See, it's even that too. Like, it's like crazy. Like, it's like, it's like, it's so difficult because social media and fans are always going to say what they want to say. Um, so it's like, it's hard for us athletes to take that. Cause some, some of us take it to heart and some of us could just deflect it, but not everyone is just going to deflect it. It's something, some, some things these fans say is actually out of line, out of pocket, because I know I'm an athlete, but I'm a human being at first. I'm a, I'm a grown man you won't respect me as a grown man before you respect me as an athlete. And I feel like a lot of people get those two things misconstrued and think that, oh, he's just an athlete. He's supposed to be doing that. He could take whatever. Nah, bro, I'm a human being. Like, I'm only doing this football stuff four or five hours on my day. What, who am I the rest of the day? You know, I'm yeah. me. I'm going to be Vinny. I'm, I'm going to be Vinny McDonald, the football player. But once I'm done with football, I put the pads up, take my jersey off. I'm Vinny McDonald, the person. I think a lot of people need to understand that, respect that, because if we were, if us athletes were to retaliate and talk to people the way they talk to us, Oh, we're the animals. We're the filthy ones. We're the disgusting ones. We get ridiculed. We get criticized. We get chastised. But they could talk to us however they want. Unfortunately, that's just the nature of the game. And as athletes, I think that just pays tribute to us to how mentally tough we are. Like even like Debo Samuel getting death threats because of certain things. Like oh, like what we like. It's just a game at the end of the day. It's like that's all it is. It's a football game at the end of the day. So I think a lot of fans and a lot of people outside of football need to understand that. But I feel like they never are unless they're in our position. So that's kind of one of those those great, great areas where it's just like you only get it if you win it kind of thing. So hopefully things change, but it doesn't look like it as of right now. The only thing we can keep doing is keep staying positive, um, keep teaching ourselves what we can do because that's the only we control is our actions and our reaction to situations. Yeah. So that's kind of the only thing we really should be focusing on. Yeah, no, I agree. It just goes along with like what Kaepernick, how he depicted the league and how people treat players. And I don't want to get too, too political, but I, I just, it, that's that whole shut up and dribble mentality. And it's, you can't yeah. be treating players like that. You know, they're human beings. And at the end of the day, you, you, you do great things off the field as well. And I think people should recognize you for that too. You know, you get back to low income housing. I heard about that. You go down in the communities, you get back to low income housing. Yeah, I definitely do. Uh, so it's like a few, a mass few distribution. Um, I did it a few times during the season, a few times after. But um, wake up in the morning, go to certain parts of Albany, certain parts of Troy, certain parts in the, in the capital region. I just hand out food to distribute to people because you don't know what people be going through. And like, I you know I can I can understand why people you know come to it because it's like it'd be hard out here. Inflation is high. Gas prices almost went up to five dollars. So it's like, it'd be hard out here for people. So like, I understand that. So it's like, yo, it's any way I could get back to people I can. And then I also try to read the little kids at the elementary schools around here. Cause it's like not a lot of minority kids growing up, seeing a lot of minority positive role models in their life, seeing that I can actually go to school. I can actually educate myself. I can do other stuff than I see people doing on the streets. Um, Cause you know, some of the, these kids get real personal with me. They tell me some of their stories and some of the things they be seeing is crazy. I'm like, dang, like, like, I know I seen stuff, but y'all seen stuff that I seen when I got a little bit older. Y'all only eight or nine. I'm just like, yo, like, this is crazy. And that's what they think is normal. So it's like, it feels good that I could go down there and stay someone they could talk to like that. I could help with the homework. 
teach them little tricks about life, just, you know, give them a positive space, a safe environment for them to feel safe and comfortable with that. So I'm definitely a personal person. I like to work with the younger kids and educate them um, on different ways. Like even now, like I have a few kids in high school, coming out of high school and college, I talk to them, like, hey, look, if you got time, like here, here's some things you should do. Um, I even helped this girl um, with trying to get into college. She asked me like, hey, how should I write my essay? Or hey, how should I go about doing this? I help her because it's like, yo, that's, I have experience and knowledge and I want to pass it down to you. Um, so that you could become better than I was or better than I'm going to be. And that's kind of my mentality is like to make the youth better than what we are and what we're going to be. Um, because if they're going to be better, the future is going to be better and it's going to keep getting passed down from generation to generation. You're also president of the student athletic community as well. Yeah. Yeah, that, that definitely has played a big help in allowing me to be involved in a lot of different stuff. Um, normally in the past, I'm heavily involved. This past semester has been super crazy for me. So I haven't been as involved as much as I like but in the past, I'm super passionate about it. Help setting up this career fair is that where we have companies come seek student athletes solely um, and being in charge of that, making sure that everything's set up, everything's running smoothly um, and helping these student athletes get jobs because at the end of the day, it's all about trying to make money and you know, sports don't last forever. So trying to help people get their careers lined up is definitely um, something I've been able to do and I'm pretty passionate about. Industrial management, engineering, this is what you're majoring in. And you're actually going to grad school right now. And it's yeah. great that you have a backup plan because you're planning on launching your own company. What does this company entail? Yeah, so undergrad, I did IME and then grad school. I'm going to graduate in three weeks. Um, yeah, May 3rd is my last assignment. Uh, it's one of my finals and I'll be done with school forever. Thank God. You'll be graduated from essays. <laughs> Literally. Retired. <laughs> No more lectures, no more exams, no more, like, no more, none of that. I'm done with it for a good time. Um, my company is, I'm working on one of my co-founders. Um, definitely going to be coming up with something, trying to create an app. Um, that's all I really want to say right now. I don't want to say too much, um, put the idea out there. But, you know, it's really cool to be working on that. Been working on this since February. Um, you know, I've been plugging away little by little, trying to invest as much time as I can into it whenever I can. Um, you know, grad school, trying to train for NFL. I'm also working a part-time job. Now I'm trying to do this. I'm also trying to make sure my organization and clubs that I'm a part of is up to par, taking part in that, like getting pulled in every direction sometimes. So I try to give as much time as I can to things before I literally drain myself out of any energy possible. Yeah. You have a lot on the back end plan and always a backup, but it, most of all football is, is the one here that that's really going to pan out for you. Just watching your highlights in college and even the games that you played against. And, and this season, I believe that you actually threw a touchdown pass in one of your yeah. games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coach, coach called the play. And I, I, funny thing, that was, he was, the guy I threw to was not the first read. That was like my third read. So I went through, dropped back, first progression, second progression. As I, he's wide open. So I just hit him. Now, because I played, I played a little quarterback. Um, yeah, that's right. School. I heard that you're capable of playing quarterback. Yeah, I played quarterback in high school. And then, you know, I throw, I throw the ball around at practice. You know, I could, I could launch it. I could, I could throw the ball. That's just what I could do. So coach trusted me enough to make the play happen and was fortunate enough to get it done. Even the catching the passes in the back of the end zone, that one reach over that everyone knows you for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty dope. That was my first game back. Yeah, first game back. Um, it felt good. It was opening up league, league, um, league. So it was a pretty important game. Um remember it was going into halftime. We were down actually to a team that we were favored to beat. It was kind of it was kind of crazy how that game went. And then right before halftime, I told my quarterback, said, you know what to do. Went out there, he just threw it up. I just made a play, and that's just kind of how it went. Um, going it was against into Rochester. Yeah, going right into the locker room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You also, that was the game that we also know you had the ACL 
scare there and thank God that didn't happen. And it's always insane to hear about back. When you look at these players back in the day, you never hear about ACL tears. And now that's like the, the number one injury that everyone gets from every sport you hear about even basketball. Yeah. Even when like Odell Beckham in the Super Bowl, he was just running a simple route, try to stop done. Like it's crazy how it'd be happening nowadays. So yeah. Have you looked into like the, just the science and just behind it, what what causes you to tear your ACL and how athletes can prevent it? Is there anything that the doctors are doing in college and even in the pros to prevent this? Because this is what ends people's careers, not only physically, but mentally. Yeah, honestly, I was talking with my strength coaches. He's really knowledgeable on this. Um, it's, it's He explained because we actually had a kid tear his ACL and a kid ruptures Achilles. So just the way the body set up, um, realistically, you really just need to make sure you're activating your glutes you're activating your hips, you're constantly working on your quad strength, you're constantly stretching and making sure you're rolling out certain parts of your body because there's certain parts of your body you can feel that's really tense. And, you know, that ultimately allows for your, your body to start to use different muscles it's not really supposed to. So if one muscle is really worn out and not tended, tender to, no TLC given to it, it's going to actually switch over to use another muscle or tendon which unfortunately the ACL and that, that can only take so much. So all it takes is one hard stop, one hard plan, one hard cut done. So it's definitely a lot of science into it. Um, definitely a lot of recovery that needs to be done on your body itself. Like that's why after like two days at camp, got to ice the body. You got to get the leg compressor and you got to, you just got to, you have to um, making sure you're taking care of your body. Most thing of all. So, yeah. That's something right there. Take care of your body and just watch how you move and certain things. And if you do come back from it and you do go through that injury, unfortunately, just, just take the, the necessary steps of precaution and, you know, just, mm-hmm. just don't keep thinking about what occurred and just, just play yeah. how you used to play. Because I think Literally, that's where, where a lot of players get caught up and just thinking that if they step a certain right. way, it's going to happen again. Yeah. Literally like my best friend, I uh, ruptured his Achilles and he's on his process to recovering. And I tell him, I say, look, the, the, you did the easy part, recovering. The hardest part now is the mental, like really trusting yourself to run at full speed again because you're never going to really run at full speed because you're going to be too scared. Um, I think that was the case for me because once the season was done, I try to work out and I'm like, yo, I'm too scared. I'm too scared. But I think about like around Monday, not Monday, I think around a week or two after I was like, all right, I've been recovering for the last four weeks. It's been a month, two months out. I'm going to, I'm just going to do it. And one day I just did it. I was like, oh, it's good. That did it again. I said, oh, well, I'm good. And I just started doing it over and over and over again. And then two, three weeks later, I'm perfectly fine. I'm like, all right, cool. So I just started trusting it again. And now I'm running routes. I'm just running the Christmas move like I normally do. So I, I just don't even think about it no more. You know, I say, yo, God got me. I did everything I possibly can. I'm going to make sure I do my stretches like I know how. I should be good. That's just how I think about it now. So when I go, I'm actually about to go work out tomorrow. When I go work out tomorrow, go run some routes, stretch, do everything I can. All right, cool. Just do it. So, yeah. Like Pun said, on parental discretion advice, there it is, plain and simple. Like, Jigga, my game is mental. Yeah, literally, 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 literally. That's why I say, I tell people this game is 99% mental. <laughs> like, it's such a mental game. Like, I tell people, like, oh, how am I able to just do certain things? I'm like, I don't think, bro. I just do it. Like, you know how many times I ran a curl? You know how many times I ran a dig? You know how many times I ran a slant? Like, I probably ran a, over 10,000 times now. Yeah, I know how to run it. I'm just going to do it. Like, I'm not going to think about it. I got to run a slant, run a slant, just do it. It's like, when you start to think, that's when you start to slow down, start to mess up, start to have, and like, even with injuries, that's how people get injured in football. Like I took, like my dad was telling me growing up, he was saying, yo, if you're going to go out there, just go hundred percent. When you start to think and slow down in football, that's when you get hurt. And it's true. When you start to 
frail up on a slant, you start to frail up on a curl, run, somebody gonna run right through you. And you're gonna be put right on your back. So just gotta go everything at 100% and just let God take care of everything. That's kind of how I think about it all. Yeah. Nipsey Hussle is one is in your top three hip hop artists of all time. Rest in peace to him. And how, how does it feel now? Because I I do like it, but I don't like it. How just everyone just is clout chasing after he died, and everyone's a Nipsey Hussle fan all of a sudden. Because for him to be in your top three, you have had to be a fan of his for the for the longest. How do you feel about how everyone just jumped on the bandwagon? It's like, oh, I like Nipsey Hussle and a, being a Nipsey Hussle fan because I'm not yeah. a fan of that. Yeah, nah. Honestly, it's it's sad, but that's just how that's just the nature of the game. Pop Smoke, um, Nipsey Hussle is another one. Drake or the Ruler, another artist. Chinks, exactly. Chinks from New York. Like people, that's just how it go. Like people just gonna show love after instead of during. And that's just like it's sad to say it, but it's just true. Like you know, it's just that's just how the game go. But yeah, nah. Nipsey Hussle was definitely one of my fans. I definitely was tapped into his music. But then I'm not gonna lie. After the whole situation happened. I started tapping in with some of his music from 2011. Like I was like from 2016 and up, I knew I was like, yeah, let me go back even further. Like, let me see why people give it like, why people like, I know he was good, but why people like, why people all of a sudden try to show love to him all of a sudden? I felt weird to me. I went back and listened to more of him, watched more documentaries. I was like, yo, like, I like this dude, but like, yo, this dude is really like inspirational on another level. So he's definitely in my top three. Cause it's like, I don't know, like there's a certain, this like for everybody they got that certain song, certain artist. Whenever I listen to his music, it just put me in a different state of mind. Like when I have a long day or I need to push through something, I just throw on Nipsey Hustle. I just throw on some stuff back from 2013, from 2010, and I just listen to it. It just put me in a different mind state. I'm like, all right, let's get up and let's go get this money. Like, let's go get it. Um, just chase after it. Um, because like he said, like literally he said, this thing's a marathon, and that's kind of like where I really value so much from him it's like really life's a marathon like you never know when the finish line is gonna come um everybody got their different pace everybody's running their different their different marathon only you can do is focus on yours um is take everything with a grain of salt take the goods take the bad take the ugly take the greats and just be happy with life and just keep taking every day as a blessing because you know not every day is guaranteed to us you know you never know when it's gonna be your day to go up and join god so you just gotta just be happy and grateful for what you got um so that's just why like I put it in my top three. It's not even just his music, but him as a person. You watch his documentaries, you watch how he think, you watch how he move. It's it's militant, it's sharp, it's crisp, and it's really on some grind. Like I'm here to grind and nothing else. I'm here to take care of me and minds. And you know, most thing of all that I really like him the most is like how he felt about respect. Like you just gotta respect. You give respect, you get respect. And I'm not taking any disrespect. And that's kind of what's his mentality. You disrespect me, then you pieces, I'm out. I'm not gonna be here to be disrespected by nobody. That's kind of how my mentality is now. Like, you're gonna respect me. Like, same, like I said, same thing with the fans. Like, that's how I feel about it now. You're not gonna respect me. Cool, bro. What you love. But yeah, you gotta give them the Kyrie Irving treatment, middle <laughs> fingers behind the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, come on, bro. Like, what are we doing? You know, so yeah, so you know, it's kind of like, yeah, it's whatever. But yeah, he's definitely my top three for a lot of different reasons. But his music is definitely inspirational. Like, I, honestly, Victory Lap, in my opinion, is not even his best album, but that's an album everyone proclaims. That's not even his best work to me, in my opinion. Um, he definitely got some stuff from back in the day that's that's probably better than Victory Lap, in my opinion. But, yeah, he's definitely my top three. Who's the other two artists in your top three? All the time? I, I got, I just, I'm, we're going to be here all night because I got to really go through the list. But right now, right this second, it got to be Nipsey. Um, Meek Mill for sure. Like everybody know I'm a Meek Mill fan. Um, I love yeah, I love his music. Um, shoot. 
Number three probably might have to be either Lil Baby or No Cap. Yeah, that, that's going to have to be like, if any three of those, like, if I can have an artist uh, playlist with just three artist music, it'll be those three. I'll be happy. I'll be good. I can make that. I can, I can write that out for like a couple weeks. I'll be good. Yeah. A unique take there, but I respect it. That's your new because I'm a I'm a young old head. I like because being from the tri-state area, mm-hmm. I'm happy with the Dave East out here, the whole Griselda oh. movement. That's New York hip hop to me right yeah. there. Like when, when we listen to New York hip hop, the Griselda movement and Dave East. Yeah, nah, Dave, Dave East actually like growing up, that's all I listened to. Like his his East mixes that he dropped on like Spinrilla and SoundCloud, that's all I listened to. Like that's the only thing I was listening to. It was like, yo, I was like, yo, Dave East. And then he dropped KD, then he dropped Demons, then he dropped again, then he dropped... I was on Hate Me Now. Yeah, Hate Me Now, the whole that whole album, like, I just played that joint. The whole Keisha, Keisha Part 1, Keisha, Keisha Part yeah. 2, like, Dave, like, that Davies definitely, Davies definitely was one of my, like, I was like, yeah, he's fire, he's fire. But yeah, Kyrie Chanel. Yeah, Kyrie, that's another good one right there. Yeah, yeah, yo. Davies definitely dropped bangers. I feel like he's underrated because he's not really on that, like you say, like, he's more of an old school kind of guy. He He's really spits um music so yeah the, the mainstream yeah. doesn't give him any love anymore because there's a lot of yeah. a lot of politics where not everyone can eat if you're if you're if you're a real hip-hop guy like lyrically you should be able to eat with all the other people out here like you said little yeah. baby and no cap what why is that that you can't have a davies be on that same level and be given that attention there's an art to rap davies to me is he's an artist yeah. like nipsey is an artist to me yeah same thing i definitely agree with you 100 there's definitely a bunch of artists like even like the the new um the young the young guy coming up what's his name Corday I like his music mm. a lot Corday's bird's eye view yeah yeah exactly like I like his music a lot that's another young boy that I really like a lot I like his music a lot because he's a lyricist like he reminds me of like a Logic like a J Cole like a Kendrick like he gonna get in the he gonna get in the track he's gonna you gonna hear it you gonna hear what he's talking about he ain't gonna mumble rap he don't give no BS it's like he's spitting to you straight straight music so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even being from Maryland, you brought up Logic. Logic, another one that's underrated. Under pressure. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> Under- <laughs> that's classic. Yo, even me and my best friend to this day still listen to it, and we just be spinning it bar for bar. Like that album, really. Like that might be one of my top five albums all time. Like all time. Like I'll listen to it, no skips, from soul food to gang related till the end to under pressure. Like I listen to the whole thing, like straight through. Because I, I, I listened. I was just listening to that earlier today. I was listening to the end. So, yeah. Even the intro that he gives on that, too, but he shows off his vocal ability. Yeah, yo. His music, definitely the old Logic I like. I'm not going to lie. The new Logic, you know, I'm going to respect it because it's Logic, but I'm not really a fan of it. But the old Logic, like Bobby Tarantino. Um, because of the internet? Yeah, and there's another one with him in the spaceship, and he has, like, the Rick and Morty intro. What's the name of that one? With I'm the Greatest. Um, the Incredible like- True Story. Incredible true story. That's one. That's the last one. I like that one too. And of course, under pressure. Those are like those three. Barbara Tarantino, Incredible True Story, and Under Pressure are probably like my three favorite albums by him. Yeah. He's got some cla- the young Sinatra mixtapes too. Yeah, yo. Yeah, those not, I forgot. I totally forgot about that young Sinatra mixtape. Those are back of Spirella. Not a lot of people know about that one. No. <laughs> <laughs> but logic will cut will cut a rapper up. Even no. like when you give him on the freestyle tip, he doesn't. He gets a lot of he gets a lot of flack because everyone always says he talks about being biracial. If people see through that and actually listen to his entire discography, you can appreciate Logic and I give him his flowers. Yeah, give him his flowers. I think 
I think it's cool he talks about that because he just embraces what he is. He's like, yeah, I'm biracial. And this is what I went through. Like, this is this is my view from a biracial kid, you know? You know, of course, growing up with his mom and dad, I know he talked about it in a few of his songs, but like, you just listen to how he grew up, you understand why he talked about it, you know? Um, So, yeah, I definitely pay tribute to his music for sure. Yeah, and being from Maryland and, and New York and having that combined of interests is great too. But man, like we said, the pro day, 49ers, Jets, Giants, how was the pro day otherwise? And being at the combine and all that, how was everything for you so far on, on your path leading up to the draft? It was pretty, it was pretty dope. Um, I had a really good experience um, just being there in general. Like, like my, I was just talking to my mom earlier today. She was like, just embrace the moment, like be happy, enjoy the ride journey because not a lot of people get a pro day. Not a lot of people just get personally invited to a pro day because that's how it ended up happening. The Giants said, we're hosting them. We want to see them. I was like, shoot, like, that's love. So just having the opportunity itself was really great. Um, it was dope. I was going out there, and I definitely turned a lot of heads. Like, um, I remember, like, after every time I did something, scouts were like, yo, you're looking really good. And having that constant reassurance throughout the pro day was like, yo, like, all right, we doing this. And then, like, ha- having, like, even some dudes from you all be like, yo, bro, like, it's up. I was like, shoot, like, I'd hope so. I hope it's up, <laughs> you know, I'm praying on it. I'm going to keep working and grinding on it. So it was dope. Um, and then even now, like, I'm still training um, back here at school, trying to finish up everything and just taper off a few things to just see what happens and see what God has in store for me. Yeah. Big things on the way for you. And the main thing is, I, I believe you're going to be selected. I checked out your highlights and everything. I know your entire journey is we, we covered everything in the interview here tonight, but don't get discouraged. If you're picked in the later rounds, you can always find a Jericho Cotri. And even if you go undrafted, look at the, the receivers that have all, gone undrafted in history and are picked up. I mean, Wayne Corbett, I know I'm naming all these Jets because I'm so Jet biased. But if you, look, if you look at all these players, look how the Patriots work and picking up Julian Edelman and all, and all these guys that they've had on their team undrafted it doesn't matter as long as you can prove yourself and, yeah. and you know what you're capable of and, and someone sees your vision that's all it takes at the end of the day that's the main thing yeah. people get discouraged and you can't yeah. Yeah, nah. listen man i think i don't even get like if you people people that really know me know that i don't even like not to say not to say i don't care but as long as i get one opportunity i'm such a grateful person like i be telling my grandma and grandpa thank you for making me dinner they really got me crazy i'm like grandma i'm a grown man you don't gotta cook for me no more i'm grateful for it so I'm just a real grateful and humble person. So whether I get drafted, whether I get undrafted signed, whether I even get invited to camp with no contract, any opportunity at all, I'm going to go out there and crush it. I'm going to go out there and kill it. Um, whatever team decides to take a take their chance on me, they're doing, they're doing themselves a favor because I know I can really add great value to the team. I'm a diamond in the rough, and I believe that full-heartedly. Because, like, coming out of D3, I had this conversation with one of my friends trying to explain to them, like, why it's so hard for D3 players to go to D1. D1 guys, they get the treatment, they get the love, they get the exposure, they get this. Their whole life is football. They sleep and breathe football 24-7 all throughout college. Um, that's why a lot of them, that's why a lot of the majors, you don't see too many engineers or computer science. Like you're not gonna see too many of those because the path made for them is just made so they can just grow and develop in football and be out. I didn't have that luxury. I didn't have none of that. Coming from New York, the weather, the climate, all that stuff, like there's so many things I had to overcome and teach myself and do on my own. Um it's like you give you put me on that platform with them, we taking off. And that's just how I view it. And that's how I see it. Um, for me to develop my game so much to get to this point and not have top of the line resources, top of the line nutrition, top of the line trainers, top of the line coaching. You put me around that environment, I promise you, I'm gonna become 10 times better of a player. Um, and I'm not even in my prime. I'm only 22 years old. My birthday is November 30th, so I'm a you know, I'm a fresh 22-year-old. Like, I got a, a lot of a lot of youth left in me, a lot of energy left in me. 
um, a lot of passion, a lot of dedication. And I'm from New York. Anybody from New York know what that means. I'm from New York. We, we got that grit to us. We're going to hustle. So that's just all I know how to do. And I'm going to make sure I do that when I get the opportunity. Something that makes you stand out too is just playing on the injury this season and showcasing you and, and even just taking when you need to take the break on the sideline because you feel as though you're pushing yourself too hard. The fact that you're even out on that field and even pushing through injury is key. I mean, these guys today, they get a bruise and they want to be out for six weeks and you show toughness. And, and a lot of times that you don't have the Ronnie Lots anymore where you're cutting off your finger before halftime because you don't, you don't want to be out of the game or you're Emmett Smith playing out there with a the dislocated shoulder and games. You don't get that anymore. So that's a rare case that we have in you, and that makes yeah. you stand out from everyone. Exactly. I think one of my, I think one of the games where it really stood out most to me was against Union College. Both nine and one, both were we nine and one, eight and one. Anyway, league is a trophy game because it's the oldest, oldest, oldest college rivalry in New York State or in college football, whatever the case may be. Rivalry game, trophy game, championship game, and playoff big game, all in one game. Last game of the season. I remember that game like it's yesterday. Um, I ain't gonna lie, that my knee probably hurt the most that game out of any other game. I don't know what it was cold, it was raining. My knee was on not like the pain was eight out of ten. It was actually painful to even walk. Mm-hmm. I just went out there was making plays. I literally I'll make a play, I'm like, all right, coach, I gotta come out for a couple. I'll come out, ice it up, do whatever I can, the trainers do whatever. I go back up there, play again. I just play through it, play through it. And I remember it was. 17 to 10. Fourth quarter, about a minute and a half left. We're driving. Throws it to me, back corner. I toe tap, touchdown. Called back. Too many men downfield. Some of the, oh, wow. So I think it's like third and goal, fourth and goal. Mentioned fourth quarter, we got to make a play. Back, throws it to me. I reached back one hand, snagged it in the rain. No gloves, no gloves or nothing, snagged it. Made a do miss, walked in for the touchdown. We ended up winning the game. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, moments like that where I'm able to step up and make the play, even the promise you, my knee was killing me. Like, I remember after the play, I was like, yo, coach, like, I ain't gonna lie, we're we gonna need to win this game because I just didn't do all of this for no reason. So, we ended up winning the game with a game winning field goal, which probably is the craziest game. If you ever wanna go back and see a crazy game, just go back, RPI versus Union 2021, craziest game you'll ever see. Like, it was just actually madness. But, you know, like you're saying, like just paying tribute to my hustle, my grit, and just being able to work through it all. Um, I'm just ready for whatever opportunity comes so I can showcase that. Um, hopefully I won't be dealing with an injury when I get the opportunity, um, which seems to be like a reoccurring thing. Like I'm always hurt trying to do something, but I still manage to overcome it and showcase that I'm a talented athlete. So really looking forward to whatever is to happen. Main thing right now we got to cover here is how are you feeling? How are you doing health-wise? So that if a scout is watching this or hears this later, how is your health right now coming off the injury? Great, good. I was I was running routes yesterday, and my boy said, nah, you got to be running like a 4 4, four 5 I was like, look, bro. He was like, you're getting out your breaks. You look at Chris. I'm making all these crazy catches. Like, people are looking at him like, oh, did you just make that catch? I'm like, yeah. I mean, I'm 6'4". I better make that catch. Like, you see how big I am? Like, I better not be dropping, dropping no passes. So, I feel great. I feel amazing. Um, I'm about to go back out running some more routes tomorrow, get some more cone work, field work. But I feel good. I know I'm in shape because I'm out there. I'm the only one running routes. I'm running like 30 routes. I'm not even tired. I'm like, oh, let's run some more. So I definitely feel conditioned. I feel in shape. I feel great. This is the best I felt in a minute. So it definitely would be good, you know, to have an opportunity to rise the next few weeks and the people can finally see me at my true optimal um, and be like, yo, this dude is different because um, that's what I fully believe. 
you can reach back like one three one three. Amen. Drake said on fake love. I actually got I actually got a I actually got a catch like that. Um, that I posted. It was during during training camp. Uh, I was it was a post threw it over two people just reached back snagged in one hand <laughs> ran for a touchdown. So yeah, I, I got a lot of clips like that. I just hey, gonna be posting like it that. It sounds like you're gonna be a giant here soon. I mean, David Tyree with the helmet catch, Odell Beckham with the one handed catch. It would be dope to play for the Giants. You know, be home. <laughs> Like, you know, it would be cool. You know, a lot of people ask you what team you want to play for. I say any team, but if there is one team I really could play for, it would be New York. Just because, like, yo, I'm from New York. I'm here, the Giants. Like, it's lit. We outside. <laughs> so <laughs> that would be pretty double cool. But whatever team takes a chance on me, we outside regardless. So I'm just looking forward to whatever team fully believes me. Because that's what my agent is telling me. He said, all it takes is for one team to really like you and your story. If a team likes you and likes your story, you're golden. So that's why I've been trying to do these interviews a lot more and let people feel me and understand me that like, yeah, I'm a great athlete, but you're getting a great person um, with great character, great attitude, great effort and great energy. Yeah. And I could tell that here from the interview and, and just seeing your highlights and your work ethic and hearing about your story and, you know, you got big things on the way. What's going to be going through your mind when you get that call on one of these draft days? Yo, God, please, if I can get, the, if and when I get that call, I think the first thing I'm going to think about, I'm a, I'm definitely going to be crying, but just thinking about, like, I can really take care of my family. Like, I can take I can take care of my mom. I can get my grandma right. I can get my other grandma right. It's like, yeah, I can take care of the family. Like, everybody's straight. No more worries about nothing. So, only thing racing through my mind is thanking God for all those nights. Like I said in my previous interviews, that getting up at 1 a.m., running hills, um, staying late after practice, coming early to practice, Sundays before we Sundays after a game before a lift, I go out there get work in. Um, you know, just doing all that extra work is gonna finally feel like it paid off. Um, so just really just being in the moment, it's gonna be real sentimental. Um, I'm actually gonna be going back home with my family next week and I'm up there at school, but I said I don't know what's gonna happen. Whatever is happening, I just wanna be around my family, um, my biggest supporters, the people that helped me get here. Um, so I'll be around them and then if and when I get that call, it's just I, I can't even describe it right now. Like I'm already, I'm, I be, that's the only thing I think about. I'm in class thinking about it. I'm in workouts thinking about it. Like that's what's keeping me going, the fire going even more. So I'm just praying and hoping it comes. Um, yeah, it's just going to be a big moment for me. It's just like, just to think about like, dang, like I really did it. Like the kid that was getting clouded in high school finally made a hit. You feel me? It's, it's, it's definitely going to feel, it's going to feel magical. It's going to feel magical. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, if and when it does arises. Um, definitely will be a great moment for me and my family. What's going to be that celebratory song that you throw on once you get drafted? <sighs> probably, I would probably play Dave East, Mama Made It. Ooh, um, Off of Survival. Yeah, Off of Survival, Mama We Made It. Um, Thankful, off of DJ Khaled's new album. Um, What's another one? Probably To Give Me Lit, Get Money by Lil Baby. <laughs> That's probably going to be one of those. Um, and then I'll probably throw on a Nipsey Hustle song for sure to help me. Like when I, when the nights all set it down, probably throw on a Nipsey Hustle song to really make me reflect even more in it, really make me hone in on it. Um, so yeah, that's probably going to be like the three or four songs I play off rip. Yep. That's the songs I'm playing for sure. Yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing your name called. It's not if it's a when situation here, we got to speak into new existence. You're going to be off celebrating and I'm sure I'll be screaming at my TV because I know the jets are going to find a way to screw it up unless they draft you because there's no hope for the gangrene because they are gangrene. Oh man. VMAC too. They can follow you on Instagram and, and Twitter. And you just recently set up a TikTok as well. Yeah. I 
I believe it's VMAC. I'm still trying to figure out how to use it. Like, I'm really still trying because I was so against it. And all my friends, like, bro, just post your clips over there. So popping. I was like, you know what? Maybe you're right. So I made one. Um, it's either VMAC, VMAC.2 for Instagram, VMAC underscore two for Twitter. I'm a VMAC.2 for uh, TikTok. Yeah. Yep. And that's it. Vinny McDonald's or anything else here that you want to cover and let your your fans know? Anything? Uh, first, shout out to DJ Mad Max. Thank you for this opportunity. Great guy. Um, giving you know, underrepresented people like me an opportunity. I hope he has many more opportunities like this to come. Um, Hopefully, when I do make it, you know what I'm saying, we can both grow up together. You get, you know what I'm saying, you get promoted, you do bigger things, you grow yourself. So big shout out to you and a lot of blessings sending you your way. Um, yeah, just everybody who's rooting for me, um, everybody who's against me, it's always love. Um, I appreciate y'all. Um, just know that this is not the last time we'll be doing this interview and it's not the end of my career. Um, many more football left in me and let's see what God has in store and let's get to this work. Let's do it, man. I appreciate you coming on. Shout out to your agent for connecting us and setting this up. And, you know, the marathon continues for you, man. Keep going. And I, I know you're going to be you're going to be doing some big things here. You're the diamond in the rough, as you mentioned before. Uh, big things on your way. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. No doubt, man. Enjoy the rest of your night. Take care and stay safe out there, man. You too, man. I appreciate it, man. Peace out. Peace out.